following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Live. Hello and welcome to the Doubting Thomas monthly recap for January 2023, and it still sounds weird to say that year, but I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and joining me, as always, is co-host, Mr. Cliff. How are you doing, Cliff? I'm feeling so fresh and so clean, clean, just ready to to, to get into it. Yeah, yeah. The well, first those... month of 2023? Yeah, we're one twelfth of the way done with 2023 already. Can you believe that? (laughs) All we have is the Super Bowl and then like the 4th of July and then kids go back to school and that's it. And then we're done. It's going to be craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We just said Super Bowl on a live access. We're going to get sued. So (laughs) this will be the final episode of Benefit of the Cup. Hey, we make we're not We're not aiming to make any money off of it. It's just something that's happening. That's correct. That is correct. It is the a thing. The big game is what we should have said. There we it go. It is a thing that can happen. Mm. So, um, pardon me. I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, chewing, sucking on a cough drop that uh, I I popped while we were doing our straight out of Nine Inch Nails intro um, music. There, that was like. I mean, I I started playing that. I'm just like, wow. That that kind of feels like. That kind of feels like um, like the introduction to uh, like Woodstock '94, if you uh, if you happen to know that deep cut. But I do not, although I do love some okay. some. I think my my memory is more of uh, I remember Woodstock '99 because at the time I had a summer job washing dishes in a restaurant, and so we had a radio on in the background, and that was constantly playing. But right. uh, the '94 it really isn't so so fresh in my mind. <coughs> mm. But so. I'm going to be coughing up a storm all night tonight. Hope you don't mind. Um, we're probably going to keep this fairly short because I'm also recovering from a, being sick for the last two days. And I'll be honest, I'm probably going to be sick for the next couple of days, too. So um, that's just kind of how being sick works in my family. But uh, anyway, it's January. What did we do in January? We Well, we went to CES, didn't we? Well, one of us did. So, um, that was, uh, that, that's a thing that happened. Did you have any, uh, like, I know we talked about it, uh, for a couple of episodes already, but, um, did you have any, like, follow-up, uh, thoughts on CES that you wanted to, uh, address before we move on to our topic du jour? So, I was just glad to see that, uh, you know, I, I think that this CES sort of marked the return of maybe was like a, a milestone for post-COVID. And mm-hmm. so there were more people, more presenters, more, you know, more companies there, I think, than, the, than there were previously. So yeah, I think maybe everyone kind of, maybe still while wearing a mask, took a, a sigh of relief. And, um, you know, so from that perspective, I think it was, it was a very positive thing. And, and there definitely were some really uh, cool things. I think, I think, one of the more interesting things is that CES seems to be replacing, um, like the Detroit Auto Show, for example, as as being one of the more important automotive events of the year, because mm. yeah, I, I mean, really, um, 
electric vehicles have almost become a mobile device, which I guess they really are. Yeah. But there's so yeah. much technology built into them that, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of, um, uh, presence there from, from both, you know, the, the big companies as, as well as the startup companies. So that's, that's really exciting to me. In fact, you, uh, we're, we're, uh, uh, you went there gratis of one of the, one of the big automotive companies, right? Yes, I did. VW uh, sent me on over there so I could see the launch of the soft launch of the ID7, which is uh, an electric sedan coming to uh, North America and China and um, um, Europe. So they're launching that thing just all over the gall darn place. Um, you know, one thing you mentioned about um, <coughs> pardon. Uh, one thing you mentioned about. Um, you know, being mobile devices and being so much, uh, so much more, you know, technical these days. As I was mm -hmm. editing an article on Slash Gear the other day, uh, talking about the, was the top, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, a bunch of car manufacturers that have all been impacted by the chip shortage. And I think I was reading, um, I don't remember which car manufacturer it was, but there's one car maker that, due to the ship, uh, chip shortage, has like 95,000 vehicles. Um, currently built that they can't sell because they're missing chips. They're yeah. missing semiconductors, yeah. which is just insane when you really like, dang, man. <laughs> think think about the fact, too, that uh, I know some of the American car manufacturers were actually shipping vehicles without some of the options enabled that, uh, you know, that they had been specced with because they just didn't have the chips, and so they had to be dealer installed. Right, So yeah. And uh, Tesla was doing that too. Tesla was shipping yeah, so. cars without um, without backseat USB ports or something like. I mean, it was something minor. It was like something like, you know, honestly, who cares? Um, except for you know, we just bought a fifty thousand dollar car and we kind of like it to be done. Um, right. But uh, parts no, I mean, in a box. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's something that is you know common throughout the industry, which I just thought was really interesting. I just, I got to say, like, I don't, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I think. Because it's not like we're going to need less semiconductors in the future, um, so like, where where does where do we go from here? I guess is the big question. Well, so I know that China has recently ended the; uh, they've opened up the country a little bit more. They they've stopped doing the complete lockdown of places that have mm. um, um, detections of the virus, and so supposedly uh, silicon uh, availability is is going to ramp up, and I think it'll it'll stop having or well stop having so many issues and I'm, i think it, i think it's going to take some time but i i think sure. going back to ces i think you you do see some optimism from consumer electronics manufacturers because more of them had things to show um you know so they i think they expect availability to to be there but yeah. on the other side of that i saw the other day that that phone sales are on a downward trend so yeah yeah, well, and also, like, and it's not even just that one, I want to say it was GM that made had, ni like, 95,000 cars that it couldn't sell, but, you know, other manufacturers like Ford, um, from what I understand, they have suspended all sales on the Maverick and the F-150, like, in January for, like, the year 2023, because they can't keep up with demand. It's just, it's a little crazy when you really stop and... And when you, when you, you know, stop and think about, especially since my wife and I are currently shopping for a car and that does not bode well. It does not. No. So we might have to, uh, you know, we keep telling our kids, we might have to ride this one out for a year or so before we can actually pull the trigger on a new car. Just because, you know, right now you're paying so high above sticker that 
it's a little ridiculous. I, I think that's that's probably smart. I think that the main thing is just to, uh, uh, well, here, here's a thought, right? Uh, I'm talking <coughs> about if you're talking mm. about mm. electric vehicles, right now you have that uh, tax credit, and I don't know how long that's going to stick around. Uh, yeah, but yeah, at the same true. time, if car prices come down, then you might not need it as much a year from now. Right? Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. see car prices going down that much, though. No, and and, and actually, you know, getting back to that tax credit, when you think about it, 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 the tax credit is there to incentivize people to buy electric vehicles to be more environmentally friendly. But like all these manufacturers, all these car manufacturers have said by. 2030 or 2035 we are not going to make gasoline powered vehicles anymore so you know granted that's still 8 to 12 years out and that math doesn't work at all uh, but still that's a long that's a long way away um so yeah it's just it's it, it makes you wonder how long that tax credit is going to is going to hang around yeah i i think i think the the larger the more the higher a percentage of electric vehicles are of total like gross vehicle sales i think the more likely that that uh that incentive is going to go away cuz there just yeah. there won't be a need <laughs> yeah exactly cuz i mean honestly i have yeah, pretty I, soon they'll sell, they'll start giving an ice uh an ice tax credit for right, people right. that buy internal <laughs> combustion engines that's true i i mean i i almost wish that they would invest the money that they that they are uh, throwing at um, manufacturers instead in infrastructure, so that there are more charging stations, because that really is the bottleneck. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. The the charging infrastructure is a major issue, but also the electrical infrastructure in America to support that charging infrastructure is also potentially a problem. So yeah, we've got a we've got a long way to go before we can uh, put this one to bed. But, uh, you know, speaking of premature technology, which is, you know, it's common in men our age, you know, um, but speaking of premature uh, technology, let's go to the um, let's let's go to the main topic for the evening. And that is eSIMs. Ew. Now, the reason the reason we're talking about eSIMs is because, you know, I had a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a Twitter rant on this about halfway through the month. Where I had to, I was I wasn't on I wasn't on the phone with T-Mobile support, but I was on chat with T-Mobile support for half an hour, doing what a year ago would have taken me thirty seconds to do, and that is to move my iPhone to my secondary number and do a, a new phone that I got, which I can't talk about. Um, and move that to my primary number. <laughs> now, once upon a time, this. once upon a time, I would have popped up, opened both SIMs, taken the card out, put it in the other phone, taken the card out, put it in the other phone, close it, we're done. I mean, I don't even think that was 30 seconds, was it? <laughs> I mean, it honestly <coughs> takes more time, I think, <clears throat> to power your phone off and restart the phone in order to have it set up the appropriate APNs and everything, depending on what phone it is, I guess. But yeah. That's the it's, thing. Half, half the time, I didn't even bother restarting the phone. I mean, right. it was just, you know, they've gotten to the point where you could just pop in a SIM and you're good. Most of the time, that is true. That's that, Unless it's, I don't know, definitely, just as an aside, experienced uh, more issues with um, chi- uh, Chinese market devices uh, or or 
as an mm. example, like um, a gaming phone that you sent me just just uh, recently. Yeah, uh, where Review I coming. actually have to uh-huh. man- manually go in and. Uh, and add the the APNs because I'm using Met Mobile as my review sum, right? Which I you know some of that I think just depends on what what your carrier is and and you know, as far as what hurdles you have to go through. But yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I think I understand why eSIMs are something that carriers want because um, it, it it just becomes a software thing in, instead of a, of a physical thing, and, and there's yeah. just yeah. On their side, less things that can go wrong. But I think you, could, you can see how most of the world fe- feels about eSIMs by the fact that North America is the only place, in fact, I, it might even just be the United States, where uh, the iPhone 14 at all went eSIM uh, only. Right, is, is eSIM only. Yeah. Everywhere else, you can still get a SIM. Now, it does have an embedded CDMA! But, Excuse me, I'm right. sorry. Right. <laughs> well, well, CDMA is not even really the issue anymore because 3G has pretty much gone away. Well, no, but like w- around the world, uh, you know, GSM was the technology of choice and then we had cdma here oh it's in, always in it's always something like that we're we mm-hmm. always it's like us in japan always have the weird the entire world is using vhs and we're stuck on betamax what the hell betamax. It, pretty much <laughs> super um, audio cd <laughs> now the one thing that i will say is nice about it is um my iphone right now my iphone 14 pro has eSIM data in it for both my primary phone and my secondary phone. So if I want to, I can take my iPhone and switch it over to my primary phone and bada bing, bada boom, we're good to go. Like, so that's kind of cool. Um, and like in theory, going forward, I could spend a half an hour on the phone every single time with every phone that I get <laughs> and load up both of those eSIMs, you know, assuming the phone supports eSIMs, I can load up both of those eSIMs into my phone and I can switch them back and forth willy-nilly however I wanted to. But the thing is, that wasn't an issue. <laughs> that That was the same kind of sort of setup that we had with with sim cards where you know you could just swap it in and out willy willy nilly and not have to worry about it so i mean it's it's kind of nice that you can do that but i think the process by which you that you have to go through exactly in order to get it to that point is ridiculous and i don't think carriers are ready for it yeah i i, I do wonder how in those meetings that Apple must have had, you know, a year ago or, or, or more with, yeah. you know, the representatives from the carrier saying, by the way, we're going forward with this, whether you like it or not. So you mm-hmm. need to prepare yourself for it. I kind of wonder what the, the feedback was. Um, I, I just, I, I personally am, well, I do have, um, an iPhone that, that is, um, eSIM only, I've only had to activate it. I haven't had, had tried to put it on a different network. I haven't tried to add another right. number to it. So for me, it's been fine. And I, 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 I feel like for most people, it's going to be a similar experience because most people yeah. aren't oh, yeah. people that are yeah, swapping yeah, yeah. phones. But I, I also don't understand what the, what why the it's such was. an advantage. Well, yeah. what the rush was, why, why phones need to go eSIM only. I just, I, I don't understand what the advantage is for the customer. And isn't that, in the end, what it's supposed to be, I suppose fewer fewer moving parts. Um, 
Well, you know, there's there's you speculation know? that, as an example, with the iPhone, that they want to go completely portless. Yeah, I don't buy that. I just they keep coming back with that every year, and I just don't. I don't. I mean, I don't see what the advantage of a portless phone is either. Like, aside from waterproofing, like right? What's that would be the... that would be the main thing. I get, and, and again, but, few, but iPhones are waterproof. Parts. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the. I think it was the <laughs> HTC U. 12 or u12 plus but it was it was the phone yeah. that had the uh and actually there were they, there were several phones that had but but the uh capacitive capacitive buttons buttons that literally were just just little humps on the sides made it make you feel like you had yeah you were uh, pushing a button you were pushing a button and it was not a great experience it wasn't horrible but yeah it was it was pretty roundly poo-pooed by uh journalists you know for that right. reason so i mean granted that was like four years ago and yeah, perhaps yeah. the technology has improved and the so iPhone sure. for example is very good with hap- with haptics so it, it yeah. and I don't think they would release a subpar experience just because Apple is Apple right but yeah again I just uh, see now it, like in my world ideally the way this should work is when I bring home a phone you know any phone it doesn't really matter if it, if it supports eSIMs when I bring home a phone I should be able to load up the T-Mobile app on it, which I have to log in with a username and a password and two, a two-factor authentication. Um, and then I should be able to basically import that eSIM onto my phone through that app. Like, I mean, that's really... I mean, if you really want to talk about the advantages of eSIM, that's the advantage. I mean, that is... That is how you sell this is like, you know, you can pick up any phone, log in with your username and password, use 2FA. You know, you can require right. as a carrier, you can require 2FA um, in order to, you know, further secure the account. But you just log in with the app and you say, I want this phone to be this number. Bam. And it just does its, you know, stuff. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then it, uh, right. you know, that, you have the... Uh, that is ideally the, the way it should work. But right now, it, it's <coughs> not like that. And I, I, I have seen um, tweets of, of several people that have, have had issues with activating their uh, iPhone that's eSIM only and having to get in contact with customer yeah. service and then having to jump through hoops and sometimes being on hold for, you know, half an hour or an hour. It actually, the process right now, I were you, were you I guess you were on Sprint at one point. Nope. They beckoned on like the WebOS days? Nope. So you no, didn't was, have the original pre? No, I did not. I was on AT&T first, and then I switched over to T-Mobile. Gotcha. Because AT&T pissed me off. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. But, so you, activating a phone on Sprint, um, back before LTE was a thing, so it was just CDMA 3G mm. and and whatever their, their 2G was called. But anyway, you had to put in the IME, I, I, IMEI. On, through their web portal. Okay. And, oh, and really? Wow. Oh, it was <laughs> terrible. Hmm. It was such a pain in the butt, and it made switching. Well, first of all, you could only use, like, you know, Sprint-compatible phones because of the bands and everything back in because the day. Because they was... didn't even have SIM cards, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. Nor did Verizon. Right. Because so, CDMA. <laughs> exactly. And it feels like we've gone back to the, the bad old days in that respect. I mean, it was so nice when, especially when when I was on Verizon at the time and, and LTE was a thing and, and they started using SIM cards and mm-hmm. you can actually like, and, and Verizon also at, at that same time opened up their network to unlocked phones. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was like a, a whole new game with Verizon and it was great. It was yeah. magical. 
But now we're back. I mean, this really feels so much more about like carrier control, right? It's got to be a lot to do with it as far as why it would be an advantage for carriers and why they would um, agree to it in the first place, even though they they don't really have a choice. (laughs) Well, and also like, you know, just activating my SIM originally, I had to kind of trick my iPhone into picking up the right number because the only option to import an eSIM when I first set up my iPhone was to import my number from a different iPhone. Um, and so, like, I had to take my primary SIM, which I think was in the, I don't know, the Galaxy S22 or whatever. Um, I had to take that out of there, put it into my iPhone, reboot the iPhone so it came up with the right number, and then, like, restart the eSIM procedure on the iPhone 14. It's like, oh, do you want to import this number? I'm like, yes, I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, I, you know, I had to basically trick the iPhone into importing the right number, which, I mean, it's just... You know, what a again, great experience! It's it, it's 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 new, and like I'm I'm kind of on board with it just because I like the idea of being able to have like two sims at the same time on a phone, you know, so I can flip back and forth between them. Not that I, I mean, like even me, even me, the niche case of all niche cases. I don't think I'm going to have to do that all that often. Right. Right. I mean, but um, a lot of the world already has that with just dual sim support. It's not right. like it's some special eSIM thing. Right. Oh, totally. Uh, and and with the ease of of putting two sims within one one phone, and it, just like you were saying, pop it in, and so again, it's not necessarily an advantage. Now, now we do talk. We've been talking about Apple, but I know that the at least at least the S twenty two Ultra, and I'm thinking because of that, probably the S twenty two and S twenty two Plus last year also shipped with um, eSIM on board. E-SIM as and I and I think the Pixel seven. And uh, Pixel 7 Pro also has support. There's not a whole lot of Android phones, though, that have um, eSIM support built in already. And so it'll be I'll be curious to see what happens with this. This is like the other side of it, right? Like, how long is it before they just completely phase out some support in the same way they would have phased out something like, you know, uh, yeah. 3, 3G, HD, H, HS, HSDBA Plus and all that just gone. Yeah, I mean there is definitely uh there is definitely a concern I, for that. I would think it would it would probably take 3 or 4 or 5 years before they could do that, but I don't know. I I've got my Pixel 6a here. I'm looking um if you have a SIM card, um download a SIM instead. So yeah, you can add a number. So the Pixel 6a has it. Okay. Well, that would make um, sense. Yeah. So and then actually and I know Google Fi supports eSIMs. Uh, I have the uh, I've got the OnePlus 10T here for no particular reason. Um, <laughs> let me um, look here and see if there is if I go to mobile network, no SIM card. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like this supports eSIM. So, okay, but. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be reasonable to expect that the uh, that the Samsung offerings coming out tomorrow, and uh, we can actually kind oh, of use most this. definitely we can actually use this to kind of translate uh, sure. a tra- transition over into um, you know the the Galaxy and and what and whatnot. But um, yeah, it, w- it would stand to reason that those would probably have eSIMs. And you know, honestly, I think 
it would be it would be super convenient if when I buy the Galaxy S23 Ultra, which I will be doing, it would be great if I could just like install the T-Mobile app and install my eSIMs and bada bing, right. bada boom, right. I'm ready to go. And, I, and like you were saying, it is early days with with this, and I, I think eventually that 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 will be more of the experience. I uh, have to think we will get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really I really hope that we'll get there. But um, you know, it, it's it would be nice if if there was like an NFC component where you could just something you know just like tap the back Bing. of your phone and then do 2FA and you're and it's there yeah yeah i mean uh well now now we're getting a little crazy <laughs> let's not let's, <laughs> let's not let's not get <laughs> yeah let's not get too crazy here buddy let's not get wackadoodle here come on um, settle yeah. down yeah take a breath there bro <laughs> um but yeah hey, so- i can dream yeah, let's um let's why don't we go ahead and uh, transition over into uh Samsung Unpacked, which is coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um are you looking forward to Samsung's new offerings or are you just kinda like eh? Yeah, I I think if, if, if we go by that the old uh uh phone I guess model or or saying of uh which year is the tick and which year is the talk, I feel like this is the talk year. Um, I think this, I, I feel like these oh, devices okay. are so, going to be, are going to be very, um, evolutionary rather than revolutionary. Oh, sure, I mean, la- sure. last year with the, uh, S22 Ultra, for example, that was, that was the, the, the model where they added not just S Pen support, but actually the, had it embedded. The, it really yeah, was the garage, a note, right? The garaged one. Yeah. And, 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 uh, so I guess the the one major thing uh, that they're adding this year is is that new uh, Samsung 200 uh, megapixel sensor. So, in I guess in that respect, it's 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 definitely more than evolutionary. But at the same time, I mean, they already had the crazy 10x super zoom, right? <laughs> and and I have a feeling it, it'll take a while before that image sensor gets really dialed in to be it as as good as it can be. Um, yeah, I I think what I, wa- I would rather see like the 200 megapixel sensor, I guess fine. Um but what I I think what I'd really like to see is a larger zoom sensor, like a, a larger sensor for the 10x because that thing is dark. Like you cannot use the 10x zoom like in anything other than, you know, perfect lighting conditions. So like I would love to see like a bigger like a a, a bigger aperture, bigger sensor size, something like that because I want to say it's like f over 2.4 or something like that. It's it's yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> it is not. Um, um so like I would like to see something there. Uh, I I for, first of all, I think 10x fine. I have no problem um, you know, stopping at uh stopping at 10x and you know, if we never get past that or at least not for several more years, I'm totally down with that. I'm totally fine with that. But I I just think I would like to see Samsung improve that 10x zoom sensor just to really like like to put it in hockey terms, really step on the other team's throat, you know, <laughs> and say we're going to win this game right right here right now. I mean, um but the S22 Ultra's cameras were were already pretty pretty friggin' fantastic. I mean, right. it, oh, as yeah. long as you don't mind the saturated look, that Samsung look is what I would call it, you know. Um That Samsung that's a matter, look. <laughs> which is which is just a matter mm. of preference, right? But uh I mean, I I had the S22 Ultra and and okay, so here's actually what I'll say. Depending on uh what happens tomorrow with the announcements, I probably will be trading in my current phone and getting an S23 Ultra. 
Ditto. So you ask how I feel about it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not super excited, but at the same time, here's you know. some money, Samsung. <laughs> that's how we feel about it. I guess I, you know. Well, I mean, really, when you think about it, especially considering where you and I are, you know, honestly, no offense, more me than you. But when you consider like where we are in this industry, it makes sense to have like the top tier Samsung phone, the top tier Apple phone and the top tier, I would say either Google or OnePlus pick one. (laughs) Like more more so now, probably Google, but probably uh, more Google. Um, Yeah, but uh, it makes sense to own those three because honestly, those are three the three kind of benchmarks by which it also makes sense to own a foldable, I think. Which is not something like I know you don't have one. I still have the flip, um, but I would like to get. I mean, I, I did have one for about a week, and then yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. thank you. No, I I want to, and and that's that's like the one part where I'm kind of lacking a little bit. I want to get some kind of like book foldable, just so I yeah. can like yeah. remember. I mean, it was two years ago that I did the review on this podcast for the uh, for the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold Two. Um, and they're up to four now. They'll be up to five by the end of the year. So, like, right. I want to get another book style foldable at some point. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of it. Those are like the ones that really make sense. Like, you could take or leave the 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 Xiaomi's or the Vivos or the uh, the Realme's or you know the ones that are sold pretty much exclusively overseas. But in the U.S., it makes sense to own probably those at least those three. Yeah, from a journalist so, perspective, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think for your average person, unless you're bad with money. Oh like, no, 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 no. Unless you're Cliff. <laughs> unless you're me. <laughs> but but um, no one would ever yeah. make the mistake of calling me an average person. Oh, oh. No, no, that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely true. Like I, I think people listening to this podcast probably wouldn't be a terrible idea to have maybe no. two of those. Um, right. I mean, the main reason I buy the iPhone every year is because it's like having the other team's playbook. You know, I am an Android person. I, I like I like Android. I prefer Android over iOS. But at the same time, like, iOS is very significant. And, you know, you need to, uh, you need to stay, you need to stay uh, up with the, uh, with the trends. With the sickness? You need to stay down with the sickness. So um, anyway, uh, I'll tell you what my voice is just about yeah, to give out. I can tell you're fading. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything else that we that we haven't covered from from January? I mean, it's January's. Mm. It you know it's kind of like CES, and then everything gets quiet, and then right. I guess, actually, for you, it's getting ready to be crazy because you've got OnePlus, Samsung, and then MWC, um, MWC Mobile World Congress coming up. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am still chasing down a bunch of vendors from CES um, in terms of like, you know, just slash gear stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's a fairly busy time for me. Uh, the only other thing that I really wanted to talk about was like just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I think Cliff and I kind of decided that going forward, we are going to do our best to do about a video every four days or so. Um, so whether it's going to be a review or a Beyond a Doubt or a Doubting Thomas or something else um you know we're gonna garmin over fitbit dude anyway um (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna shoot for like a about a four to five day um 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 what's that word that i'm looking for where it goes um what uh 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 pattern uh four or five day um uh oh not paradigm no no, that's model you know 
Words. You know, it's, <laughs> words. It's going to take us four or five days to figure out what word I'm trying to say. But anyway, about four the or five minute days. We, yeah. The minute you sign off, you could be like, I remembered it. About four or five days uh, per, between videos. So, um, you know, just hang out. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to uh, smash that bell, and you can see all the uh, all the new videos as they drop. Now with um, with with Cliff uh, thumbnails as well because he's ah, kicking new those. and improved. He's kicking those. He's kicking them like down. He's taking them downtown like Charlie Brown. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So again, my voice is about to die. So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you would write a review of the show. And if you're watching this on YouTube, click that subscribe button so you can be notified of new episodes and reviews as they drop and live shows like this one because Whee! we put this one out to the public and we had a bunch of people stop by and say hi. Yeah, if you want some early access. Thanks for dropping by, by the way. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you want some early access, jump onto Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes but most of all and as always i would like to thank you for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt